0: Because I could just hear other people saying, well, if you just were stricter, if you just took away what he liked, if you just did reward charts, if you just spanked him, then it would change his behavior. You're allowing this to happen. You're creating a monster. And we hear it all the time in our community as well. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at CalmTheChaosPodcast.com. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Calm the Chaos Parenting Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about something that I think is super timely for when this episode is coming out. It's also something that we hear people struggle with quite often, and that is unwanted advice from friends, relatives, strangers, you name it, getting advice about your parenting when you didn't ask for advice about your parenting is sometimes some of the worst uh, things that can happen. I feel like it's its really debilitating, I feel like, or can be. Sure. I know that we dealt with this a lot when our kids were younger and you know, we were, we just got off of a coaching call with one of our coaching students today and I just saw how deflated she was and she has all the strategies. She has the plan and we're working through it. And she's like, yeah, but I just keep hearing what everyone's been saying in my head and I can't get them out of my head. How do I get them out of my head? And seeing how much they had knocked her confidence, how much they had made her doubt her own instincts. It just was heartbreaking to hear. But I also remember that time so well. Um, There was a time and I'm not proud to admit it, that I did things that I did not agree with at all in parenting. Um, And I'm not Super proud to admit this, but I spanked my son at one point because I could just hear other people saying, Well, if you just were stricter, if you just took away what he liked, if you just did reward charts, if you just spanked him, then it would change his behavior. You're allowing this to happen. You're creating a monster. And we hear it all the time in our community as well.
1: Well, you know, the the time you're you're thinking of, right? It was the one time and uh, I think our oldest was four at the time or five, something like that. And like he came to us and he's like, I think the solution is you should bot me on the butt. Right. And like he had heard from strangers, right, <laughs> that well, this was.
0: Yeah. From other parenting sources and things like that. but. You know, we just had heard it so much and our kids had heard it so much. Our 16-year-old has even come to us and be like, you should you should ground us. And I'm like, we don't do groundings. Like, let's come up with a plan that works. Let's get to the root of what's going on. Um, and I feel really confident in how I parent and how I show up for my kids. But even with the confidence that I do have now, I still get knocked back sometimes. And I think maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe I am doing this all wrong. And that doubt can make us doubt our own instincts, our own gut, and what we know about our kids. And that's just not really fair to to anyone, but it's still going to happen. And so, especially heading into the holidays, I thought it would be a really good time for us to talk about how to handle unwanted advice, how to handle those side comments from grandma or from your aunt Sue or whoever um, because a lot of times it hurts worse or it's hardest when it's someone that we love and respect. And, and I think that that can be really hard. And I'm reminded of one of our students recently, she was getting ready for Thanksgiving and we had been working on the you piece, the ride the storm piece of calm the chaos so much. And we have an episode just on riding the storm and creating anchors. and. So if you are not sure what I'm talking about, you can pick up a copy of Calm the Chaos or head over to the first one of the first episodes of the podcast. But um, she was working in our program on her anchors, and it was time for, for Thanksgiving to happen. And so she made a list of all the things that could happen, all of the expectations of others, all the phrases that might come out, things like, well, you shouldn't let him just eat a bun, or you should really make him eat more than just chicken nuggets, or you're coddling your child. And a lot of the anchors ended up being very much the same. I'm focusing on safety and connection. We're focusing on regulation. I know my child best. Things like that were kind of the anchor that she came up with to think in her head when it was happening. But I think that You know, that's a great exercise for anyone listening to this. If you've got an event, if you're going to be around family members, if you struggle to be around other people without hearing what you should or shouldn't do with your children and it knocking the wind out from underneath your sails, then making a list of what are the common things you're hearing. And then how can you remind yourself that you've got this, that You are the best parent for your kid. I think that's a great exercise for anyone.
1: As I was thinking about this episode in particular, yes, we're addressing how to handle incoming advice, but I also want you to think about your own outgoing advice as you interact with your family, friends, and loved ones because sometimes even the most well-meaning comment can come across in the, the, or perceived or interpreted or received in, in the wrong way, right? In the worst possible way, you know, and then you're on the flip side of this list, mm-hmm. even though you had super good intentions. I know even in our coaching programs, if the person, you know, who's posting in the community isn't ready to receive feedback, and I go ahead and provide my train coaching feedback. It might just hit them like a two by four out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. and that's not what they were wanting at all. So yeah. as you are going through life, mm-hmm. right, and, and right now the timing of this this release is gonna be, you know, like Christmas time, mm-hmm. just take that extra second or two.
0: To pause. Of
1: of pausing, of precaution to make sure that the words that are coming out of your mouth will be received with the same love, care, and attention that you're, you're meaning to.
0: And I think before we dive into the framework aspect of this and going into each of the pieces, I think something else that is kind of a systemic problem with this advice is it's not always from Other parents, it's not always from your relatives or your friends. It can be from a therapist, it can be from a doctor, it can be from another parenting expert. I can't open my Instagram right now without seeing a post about how many gifts I should give my kid, about what I should or shouldn't say about the elf or Santa. What I should or shouldn't do when it comes to electronics, what I should or shouldn't do when it comes to empowering my kid and not creating soft children who, you know, are just gonna end up not having any resilience at all. It's like all the advice out there is so like, you're going to ruin your child if you do this. And then the opposite side is you're going to ruin your child if you do this. And then that leaves all of us feeling like, wait a second, what am I supposed to do? And I know our coaching client, she feels that way. She feels like so afraid to make a move. And she's like, well, is there ever a time that it's that it's bad to hug a kid? You know, is there ever a time that you could support your kid too much? Is there ever a time? And I'm like, Okay, let's take a deep breath, right? You are exactly the parent your child needs. And you're here to learn about how to understand to be more in tune with your child. And if you're listening to this podcast, you have a child that doesn't fit the quote unquote norm. They are out of the box in some way. They are highly sensitive. They're neurodivergent. They are explosive. You name what term you want to use, but they don't run like all the other kids. They don't talk like all the other kids. They operate differently. And you know that already. And you know that you need a different way of parenting your child. And I want you to ground yourself in that as you move forward. Yes, you can always learn more about the science. You can learn more about the research. You can learn all these amazing things so that we can understand our children better. But be really cautious about the advice out there that is completely all or nothing be compassionate towards yourself i think is the where i'm going is just you know take it with a grain of salt and then say you know what but this is how i want to do my christmas this is how i want to gift my kids this is what i want to say about the elf like that is my choice and that's okay what i'm trying to say is basically there's this belief that by giving our kids love and hugs and support we are creating children who are not able to handle hard things that they are.
1: I I would probably argue on like the opposite end of that. I agree.
0: I agree. And I think that there is a huge misconception that being responsive and in tune and connected to your child is synonymous with being a permissive parent and letting your child do or say whatever and have no guidance whatsoever. And that misconception leads people down a lot of wrong trails.
1: We're we're getting a little off topic here, but at the end of the day, I, I think that they're misinterpreting the goals.
0: Well, they're judging what you do in the moment and saying, oh, this must be how you are all the time, versus there's a bigger picture that people are missing. And that's just systemically, like, as a whole, as society, it's, there's this idea that if you do not stick firm to your boundaries, right in the heat of the moment, when your kid is acting out, and your kid is talking, you know, talking back, or your kid is crying, or your kid is you know, getting angry, then you're allowing them to do these things. And also that if we don't push our kids in that moment of dysregulation, that we are not teaching them how to be resilient and teaching them how to do hard things. But we're missing the fact that it is a, that's why we have a roadmap because there's all these stages you go through and in the moment is one stage. And then once you've create created safety and connection, now we can start skill building, we can start teaching out of the moment, we can start, you know, creating systems that work for our kids, we can start empowering our kids to be able to advocate for themselves without the need of yelling and screaming and hitting. And so when people and I think it it is still on topic, because I think when other people are giving us advice, or we hear advice, and then we try to apply it apply it to what we're doing. We're taking a very general advice and applying it to one specific moment in time. And I think it's good for us to remember now is not the time. Right? And we say that a lot. I've been saying that phrase a lot lately is that now is not the time to teach. Now is not the time to argue. Now is not the time to set a boundary. Now is not the time to like do the have a discussion about this. Now is the time to support or to Co regulate or to sit with, to validate whatever needs to happen right now in this moment. And I can still guide and teach my kid
1: later. At the end of the day, that support that you're providing in the moment is exactly what they need Mm -hmm. that will provide such a solid foundation later Mm -hmm. that you are doing the thing that you want, right? We're just, we're going about it through. A different lens or like a different path. And I think what I was getting at is you know, we're running into the end of like achievement culture, right? Where you and I grew up and it was you do this and then you do this and then you get the job and then you'll be happy, right? And I think for a lot of us, we are placing less self worth on the things that we do and more value and self worth on. Who we are. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, And that's a shift.
0: And I think luckily we live, we operate and run in circles that that is true. I am reminded every single day on the internet that the majority of people do not have not moved to that yet.
1: Sure. But that's what I'm getting at. There are two goals. Yes. If you judge one goal by the other goal's standards it's not going to work out.
0: Yeah, apples and oranges, right? You're comparing apples and oranges. And I think that's a good one to remember when we're thinking about the advice that we're being given while we're sitting at the, you know, dinner table with our relatives and they say, "Well, in my day we had to finish everything that was on our plate. We didn't waste food." And it's like, okay, well, now we know so much more, right? And then our your day, we also didn't wear seatbelts and we smoked in restaurants. We did a lot of things that we now know are not as safe as they could be. And so, you know, things change because we learn more about ourselves and we learn more about the repercussions and things like that. And so if we can remember your goal was the goal that your parents had was very different than the goal that I'm trying to teach my child right now. I want my child to know and understand their body and listen to their body. That's my goal, is for my child to know that their sensations, that their likes, their dislikes are all important and that they should listen when they feel full and they should be able to speak up when they like or do not like something. And there are ways to do that so that everyone feels loved and everyone feels like they were you know thought of of you know like thank you so much for making all this food I'm so glad there's mac and cheese because I'm gonna eat mac and cheese like there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't my
1: my favorite thing to say when that comes up is literally to ask the the human who's saying well do you should make them eat that it's like when was the last time you ate something that you didn't like you know and then they're like oh well I, I only eat the foods that I like well, oh, ding, 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 right? The kid didn't make the food. He didn't have the choice of what foods to make or sometimes they do. And then they put it in their mouth. They didn't like it. And then they didn't eat it. Like, what? you wouldn't eat it too if you didn't like it.
0: I, I would disagree with you there. I think that there are a lot of adults that would eat food that they don't like because they have been raised that it is respectful to eat what's put in front of you. I would argue that there are a lot of people that would eat a meal they don't like out of respect for the other person. But that's, again, the goal is different because respect is relative. Sure. And so what you see as respectful, what I see as respectful are two different things. My mom thought it was so disrespectful to put our elbows on the table, to run in the house, to, yeah, you know, like all those things. We have our elbows on the table if <laughs> we're watching on YouTube. Um And so it's all- If they're watching
1: on YouTube, they can actually see us.
0: Yeah. So we've got our own- If you're listening. If you're listening, (laughs) then you don't know that we are doing that. Okay. Dana here. And guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is CalmTheChaosBook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. All right. So let's talk through some of the like practicalities and strategies of what people can do if they're dealing with unwanted advice from others, if they're losing that confidence in their own parenting, um, so that they can kind of hear us in their ear. Um, as they're going through the next week or these difficult situations. We do everything with the Calm the Chaos framework around here. You connect, understand, empower. And so let's take a look at some practical things people can do if they're dealing with unwanted advice in the next couple of weeks or um, with family members. So let's start with you piece. You know, I shared earlier about the student in our Calm the Chaos program who did a lot of work around creating anchors, coming up with the common situations that she thought might come up and then creating an anchor around it. And her anchor was, I am choosing connection. I am choosing regulation. It is okay for me to say no. Those were some of the ones she kind of held on to. I Know My Child Best were another was another one. But the important part when we're thinking about the mindset and the thoughts is to realize that whatever is being said to you, it's not about you. It is whatever baggage, whatever past, whatever experiences the other person has had that they are bringing. And so if you can ground yourself in, I know my child best. And you can realize that now is not the time to really get into an argument or to really have a big discussion over these things. I think that can help the situation go smoother and help you with your confidence as things happen.
1: I would probably say the vast majority of the time people are trying to be helpful uh, and they just literally don't know how. So just Thank you for that. You know, I'll take that in consideration mm-hmm. and uh, move on.
0: Yeah. And an anchor I've been using a lot in lots of situations is if they could, they would. So if they could support me, they would. If they knew how to help right now, they would. If they knew what to say, they would. And I always like to think that people are coming from a good place in their heart, and they have the best intentions. And I know that's not always the case, but that's a good place to operate. Them. Yeah,
1: it's it's not always the case, but if you can connect to their intention, it might be really relevant.
0: Next, let's talk about connection, because this can be a point in the conversation in the evening that can really turn everything south. If we're not in the right headspace, if we choose this as a time to argue, as we, if we choose to stand our ground and the other person isn't willing to listen, it can really ruin the mood for everyone. And I think it's really important for us to share our beliefs and our ideas with other people. And I also think there's a time and a place. And I think that when there are 20 people over for dinner, might not be the best time to have that conversation. And so, one of the things I like to remember is being able to have some scripts or phrases that I'll be able to say to the other person that one validate them but don't agree with them. Like I think that there's this misunderstanding that validating well, is agreeing, and I sure.
1: Think- and and you know, there are there are so many valuable perspectives. A zillion ways to skin a cat. Like whatever the phrase you want to use is, your way is not the only way. Mm -hmm. It's certainly not the right way, right? It's just the way that works for you. Uh, So being able to, again, consider the perspective, consider the intention behind whatever the advice is, I think it's going to be really important, right? You can put yourself in their shoes. Mm -hmm. So now you understand where they're coming from, and in a way, it's it's a bit of like fractal UQing, because like you're UQing them, you're UQing the advice, you're UQing the situation. It becomes a way of life at a certain point that right. is more connected and compassionate all around.
0: Yeah. And I think if we come from this, again, this idea that everyone is doing the best that they can with what they've been given and they mean well. And they want to help, especially knowing that there's different generations and that they're dealing with different things and they have different experiences. If we can take that into account. And if everyone's in a calm place, it might be a place to have a conversation around it. But I think being able to recognize when it's it's something where maybe someone is saying, well, you know, you should just take them to the bathroom. And you're like, thank you. I've got it. Right? Having a phrase that you can use when you're getting that unwanted advice when your child is melting down or when you're in a stressful situation, that's not the time to have the conversation. Whereas, you know, I've had my dad come back in the past or I've had, you know, other people come back and there's, can you explain why you did XYZ? I'm trying to understand what what you were thinking. I'm trying to understand why you did this. That's when you can have a conversation, when both parties are open to hearing each side. So we're moving on to the understand piece. And I think this is where it's really hard. I I do think this is the hardest piece. And we might not understand where everyone's coming from, and we might not agree either. But I think just having this baseline understanding of everyone's on their own journey and that you know, different generations and cultures and experiences will affect how people think about parenting and what people should or shouldn't do. But that shouldn't knock what you believe about your parenting. Like, don't let their advice, don't let their um, judgment or shame knock your confidence in what you know and believe. And I always tell parents to go back to their big why. Like, why are you doing this? You're doing this so that you have children who feel seen and heard and valued for who they are. You're doing this so your children know themselves on a deep level and can advocate for their own needs and wants. You're parenting this way because you want to parent differently than the way you were raised. And remind yourself of those things when this advice comes at you. And instead of doubting yourself, use it as a as a reminder of, yes, I am different than you. And that's okay. You have your way of doing things. I have my way of doing things and that's okay. All right. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about empowering ourselves so that we, the biggest thing that I think about when I think about empowerment, when we're dealing with unwanted advice and we're dealing with phrases and judgment from other people, is I think about how I don't want to give my power or my agency away to someone else and their beliefs and their systems and the way they would do it. And the way to do that is have my own personal boundaries. I want to choose based on that big why. I want to choose what I want to be as a parent, how I want to show up as a parent. And I want to have scripts ready on hand, not to defend myself, but to just share thank you. And this is how I'm choosing to parent. I hear you. And he's going to be okay. Or just, I've got this. I appreciate you, but I've got this. Like having those phrases ready to go. I think that sometimes we can use our phrases like that to build our own confidence. And then our confidence will trump their like doubts or worries or fears that you don't know what you're doing. And so, but when we go, oh, maybe, okay, I'm not sure, should I? I'm not, I don't know, like, maybe you're right. That opens up a door for them to feel like their advice is warranted. And I think that if we can just keep it really short and sweet and just stand by those boundaries of what we believe in. And I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, oh, you should like, or you should tell them to hug, like, A hug's not going to hurt them. Well, thank you. And I find it really important to teach my child their own personal boundaries. And if they don't want to hug, they don't have to hug. Doesn't mean they don't love you. And then leave it at that. Don't have any more conversation after the fact. But I think if you go in prepared with some very short and easy to remember phrases that you can use, again, going back to that list of common challenges that have happened in the past that you're used to hearing when you're around others, then you'll be prepared and ready and you won't feel as caught off guard. I think that's the thing I also hear a lot is parents feeling so caught off guard by the judgment and the shame and the comments and the unwanted advice. But if you know it's coming, right, if it's happened in the past, it's probably going to happen again. And so creating an ahead of the moment plan for yourself and even creating an exit plan for if it gets really bad and it's actually affecting how you're able to show up for your kids, or it's affecting your kids and how they feel about themselves, having a, a planned exit strategy could be really powerful in these situations.
1: From an empowering standpoint, you know, if you know that your kids only gonna eat chicken nuggets and you know that, you know, they're not gonna give anyone a hug when they leave, right? You could just make a t-shirt that says <laughs> nugs, not hugs.
0: Nugs, not hugs. I think we should all have t-shirts that say nugs, not hugs. This is fantastic. And then
1: you don't have to say anything. Like your yeah. script is just your t-shirt.
0: Yeah. Outside of having a t-shirt that says nugs, not hugs, you could <laughs> let people know ahead of time. Yeah. And you know, you could say, hey, I know that you've made this beautiful meal. I'm going to go ahead and bring safe foods that I know that my kid will eat. I actually did this at Thanksgiving. I messaged my aunt. I said, hey, I know you've asked me to only bring one thing. Is it okay if I bring, um, I'd really like to bring some safe foods for Flora, who has a lot of like sensitivities to food. I said, I know she'll eat my carrots and I know she'll eat some sweet potatoes. Are you okay if I bring those? And I deconstructed the salad that I was asked to bring because I know my daughter likes parts of the salad, but not the whole salad. And so I brought it and deconstructed it and let people make their own salad. And people were actually really thankful that it was deconstructed because then they could choose what they put on their salad as well.
1: Yeah. And as you were saying that, I was thinking that it really benefited the other like sensitive eaters or whatever the Mm -hmm. current awesome term is about, uh, people who like certain things. Uh, But you even mentioned like even the adults Mm -hmm. who are not necessarily like picky about what they eat preferred to construct their own meal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important that we share awareness about why our kids do what they do. But I think, again, realizing when there's a place to have these conversations and when it's not a place. Because you have to remember the other person has their own habits, has their own belief systems around what they're sharing with you. And so, it's really easy for them to feel attacked even if you're not attacking them. And I think there's a place. I have this I had this conversation on a podcast I was a guest on the other day that I think that there is a very good place for people who get all fired up and they, you know, share about, you know, changes in the world and they share about how to be more accepting and all of these amazing changes in the world. And and they're really fierce about it. And I also think that there is power in having a bridge, someone who can recognize where the other person is coming from and then softly open that door to those conversations. Because there are a lot of times that I see where people will say, well, you can't tell me what to do you can't tell me how to parent, I don't want to listen to you. And then the other person just shuts down, or they get defensive. And so I think the more that we can come from a connected and understanding place, the easier it's going to be to have that change in our families, or with our friends and relatives, when they are giving that unwanted advice maybe not that moment, but maybe the next time it might be a little better. And the next time it might be a little better. The same people who used to tell me that I should do X, Y, and Z are the same people who were like, wow, you know your kids better than anyone I know. Like you really have a good understanding of what your kids need, how they respond, how they work best. And that has come from you doing a lot of deep work to figure out your kids. And but they were the first to say well they just need stronger boundaries or they just need more punishment or they just need x y and z and by me staying confident in my my instincts and my gut and by me continuing to learn more and expose myself to more i've been able to get even more confident in my in my choices that i'm making you know we've talked about unwanted advice we've talked about Um, ways that we can, you know, ways it shows up. One, when we go to visit people that we love and care about. And we talked about it can show up in public when we're dealing with public meltdowns, like in the last episode. And we also talked about how there's just myriad of advice on, uh, you know, Instagram and all the things you should or shouldn't do. And that can also rip away your confidence. And I think, you know, the thing I want to really drive home as we sum up the this episode is there are practical ways to handle when other people are giving you advice that doesn't sit well with your personal values and with how you want to raise your kids. We've talked through thought swaps and scripts, and we've talked about how to understand where they're coming from. But I think the biggest thing here is just to not allow someone else to take that confidence away from you and not give away your power to someone else based on what they're saying. Because I say it on every episode, I truly believe that you are the best parent for your kid and you're exactly the parent that your child needs, especially if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out how to be more in tune with your kid, how to understand your kid at a deeper level, how to empower your kid, then you are doing what is needed to help your kid thrive. And so stand in that, believe in that, and know that you've got this and you're not alone. So if this has been helpful for you and um, and you have found some scripts you could use, some thought swaps you could use, this is something that we also have inside of our Huddle membership. And for this month, we have... The Huddle membership is open and you can try it out for just a dollar. We'll put a link in the show notes so that you can try out the Huddle. If you would like some plans with scripts, thought swaps, and even some activities to help you deal with unwanted advice, public meltdowns, you know, any other parenting struggle that you might be struggling with, we have got plans for you inside of the Huddle And if anything today has resonated with you, I would love if you would just message me on Instagram, send us an email, let us know what has resonated with you and what your next step is gonna be after listening to this episode. And I will talk to you on next week's episode. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, You can go get your copy at CalmTheChaosBook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at CalmTheChaosBook.com and I'll see you next week.